Hi everyone, Julie here. If you want to hear future episodes before anybody else, join our Patreon, where you'll get episodes three days early, as well as access to Slack and all sorts of other things. You can find us at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Thanks for listening. Visit us at podlanderpresents.com to find information on all of our shows. Okay, um, let me set the scene for you fine people. Uh, Julie and I just watched the episode. Ooh, yeah, get that, get that sound, the pouring sound. It's, it's kind of quiet on this one. Um, we just watched the episode, which is prompted some strong feelings. Mm-hmm. And rather than attempt to resist the urge to immediately start yelling about the first 10 minutes, Ugh. We're, this is how we're going to set the scene. Okay. The episode is going to be structured like this. Once we're done with the bit, mm-hmm. I'm going to set a timer, and we're going to do a tight 10 on the first 10 minutes. I, th- I could do a tight 5 on the first 10 minutes. Like, I don't have to dwell. Really? Okay. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I'm gonna- 7? Like a what now? You know what? Yes, like a what now. Okay, That's great. Seven. Okay. We'll do a tight 7 on the first 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll talk about the rest of the episode. Okay, perfect. So we'll get all our negativity out yes. right away. Yes. But because I, I suspect that both of us are uh, bursting to start yelling and shaking our fists, <laughs> that we would open it up to the fine people of the Crowdcast Hello, who are Crowdcast. currently hanging out with us. Thanks for joining um, us today. It's That is a thing that Patreon subscribers get to do where they watch us, watch the episode, and then now And then hang out when we record for a minute. Yeah, just for a little bit. For a minute. Um, and I told them to get ready to tell us stupid things to talk about so that we didn't start this episode by being mad. Yeah, okay. So, let's see what they have to say. <laughs> um, so far we have one. Are you ready? Yeah. We're going to go with this one. Mm-hmm. Butt jewels. <laughs> Butt jewels. Butt jewels. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amanda Smith. Oh, we got another one. But Jules first. Um, so, <laughs> wait, wait. The intro was that the bit? We just no, we haven't done test. the bit. Oh my god. Okay, go on. Welcome to Podlander Podcast. Your <laughs> podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie, and we are here to talk about butt jewels. So, Julie, question. Yeah. On a sk- how many mm, give or take, and uh, I don't know, uh, a possible error rate of okay. of plus or minus one. Okay. How many jewels? Do you think Jamie Fraser has had up his butt in his life? I'm going to go... Claire does not count. I'm going to go with um, seven or eight. Mm. Great. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, In what circumstances? Uh, Just, uh, well, the motherfucker spends a lot of time in prison, so he's got to put things in nature's pocket. One for keeping. One for spending. One for a sex thing. Yes. Yes, one one for accessorizing later. Yeah, but really mostly for time traveling, <laughs> and, and one for Christmas, where it's just like Claire, will you do that thing? And Claire sticks her finger up his butt. She's like, "What's this?" <laughs> oh no, he does that thing like the dad from a Christmas story, where he goes, "Oh no, I almost forgot. There's one more, Claire." <laughs> <laughs> butt jewel. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Bree's wise man quote to William was an Abe Lincoln quote, and he wasn't even born yet. Nice. 
Jammy learned to speak. Yeah, good for him. Emergency needs for butt jewels. You know, when it sometimes a butt jewel is an emergency situation, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a Christmas situation, and sometimes it's just for funsies. <laughs> Yeah, why does a girl have to choose? Listen, sometimes you just need to keep a jewel up your butt and then give it to your jailer who's in love with you so that he can put it on a weird bookmark and keep it in his pocket next to his heart for 20 years. For 20 years. Oh my God. LJG. Eternally. A gem. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even do that one on purpose. Um, you know what? Here is proof that our listeners are great. Not only did Amanda Smazazaza remind us to not put our elbows on the table, which I just did. Apologies, Amanda. Yeah, but she also, happen. we said, tell us to talk about something stupid. And she delivered. Like, the perfect right thing. Away. It's on theme. It's related to the episode. It could be sung to the tune of DuckTales. It has the word butt in it. It has the word butt in it. <laughs> she gets us. She does get us. Amanda, thank you. And with that, we're going to end the crowdcast. So maybe... We'll cut this little part. I don't know. Or not. Just talk for a second. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um, so we're back. Post butt jewels. Mm-hmm. We are talking about season seven, episode two, The Happiest Place on Earth. And I'll tell you this. For the first 10 minutes of this episode, it, Julie's living room was not the happiest place on it earth. It was not. Um, so we'll start, a, we'll start a timer. Here we go. Hold on. Because mm. you know what? This episode was written by Tony Graffia, and we love Tony, her. Tony, Tony. And there's a lot of great writing in this episode, and I yes. don't want to be mad the entire episode. So we're getting it out of our system. We're, we are getting it out of our we system. We are, like this episode, <clears throat> getting this particular plot point out of our system. Yeah, let's just get, get it over with. All right, so we said seven minutes, right? Yes. All right, let's start. Okay. Why? <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite part about this storyline was that it prompted us to make a joke about Stephen Bonnet raping the bottle that is bought also content warning apologies i content warning i will we're talking about all this okay my favorite part was when we got to make a joke about stephen bonnet bonnet raping the bottle that his balls are in yeah that is the the only sexual assault i want to see for the rest of this show ever yeah um we didn't we didn't need to see it we already know we didn't we know it's the same thing with the fucking alan christie saying he loved claire so don't you don't you don't have to show us no well tom christie tom christie you know what i mean um, but that completely different level yes that was we didn't need it but also he delivered it beautifully who fucking cares right right? this that's like gilding there's a difference between gilding the lily and treating us like we're fucking morons Mm -hmm. so first of all we all know what sexual assault looks like. Nothing, if your goal was to horrify us, nothing in any flashback would be as horrifying as that weeping man saying the word, or saying the words, we privates. Yes. About his infant sister. Worst. You right? don't need to show us anything that, after that. Nothing. It's very, ev- it's very evocative. In and, the worst way. And we are all already imagining. Yes. So please don't try to put yes. your shit on there. We don't need you to show it. And maybe the justification for... Uh, Tony, we love you. We have watched a lot of your writing. We know there is absolutely no universe in which you are the person who wrote those flashbacks in. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it out there. Who did it? I don't know. But it was definitely not Tony Graffia. So, um... Oh, I got so mad I lost my train of thought. Um, because it was terrible. Okay, so maybe your justification could be, oh, well, we need to see that Malva was not a willing participant. But first of all, no, we don't. Second, 
uh, assault can be way more complicated than that, right? Like there's emotional manipulation. There, like all there's. Uh, like genuine sisterly affection. Like I'm sure her feelings about that situation were incredibly complicated. Right. And then on top of that, she was trying to save her own life. So like we didn't, we didn't need to see it. The audacity of fulfilling our one true wish and bringing Jessica Reynolds back for that horseshit. Yeah, you're right. That maybe is the thing that makes me the most mad. Oh yeah. It, insult to injury. You know what? I kind of, kind of felt it on her face too, even yeah. though that was supposed to be her acting for the the stupid scenes that she was in this flashback. Yep. I really kind of felt her through her eyes going, can you believe this shit that they did this, that they brought me back to do this? Yeah. After all of the incredible work she did in the previous season. Like, Ugh. here's another reason I know it's not fucking Tony. The little dialogue that we got in the flashback where she says, I don't love you. Right? Mm-hmm. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible writing. Mm. No. I, just, I, I, I think that maybe... We talked about this earlier, people talking about how COVID made season six shorter or whatever. Do you think that these first two episodes of season seven were part of season six, whatever? Maybe that shit was already filmed. I don't know. But it just seems, it was it was dumb. It was it, bad. Yeah, why do this? It was unnecessary. We know it was him, first of all. He admits it. Secondly, we know what he did. We know what he yeah. did. I mean, Julie called this um, last season, y'all. Yeah, and I've never read the books, and I just, you just know it. You just know, and then for him to have that terrifying monologue, it would have been so much better if it had just been that shitty monologue about his sister's body. Well, and I will look his name up in a minute, but the actor playing Alan Christie, he did. And and at first, Julie in particular was like, I don't know about this, he's overdoing it. But it's, they had taken the time in the previous Leon to show that scene of him at the funeral which is the which is when you called it because there's this performative bullshit You're where right. he's clutching the baby's coffin yes. and blaming Claire and saying she would still be alive if it wasn't for you and all of that mm-hmm. shit and at the time it's so obviously a performance yes. of his grief yes no it's a it's like a painting of grief and not grief itself right it's mm-hmm. it is a fucking psychopath um, convincing others and obviously himself this is a story he's telling himself about his own monstrosity right mm-hmm. the we already knew all of that. So it would have been so much better to watch him convince himself that this relationship was a loving one mm-hmm. and to watch him lie to himself about what ha- about his murder of his sister. It would have been much more interesting. And that actor was clearly up to the task and was doing something really interesting and unhinged, mm-hmm. like not oh, yeah, maniacal, like just really, really interesting choices. And... Jessica Reynolds got done dirty in this episode, but she got so many great opportunities. Obviously, Mark Lewis Jones got so many great opportunities. It is too bad that this young man in his big final scene got handed the bullshit of doing these completely unnecessary flashbacks instead of just staying on that solid acting. Because Kate was also great in that scene. Like, I thought... As a, in the book arena, I knew that Ian was going to k- kill his ass and that it was going to be satisfying. But for a minute, I thought maybe they were going to change it up and Claire was just going to straight up murder him. Just like, just straight up murder him. Okay, his name is Alexander Vlahos, a Welsh actor. Alexander, great job. Good job. Like, your character sucks. Obviously, you know that. Uh, whatever. It's, um, they, they did, they, it, it could have been better. Oh, the weird, like, muted, stripped color of the, like, did you know this is a flashback? I don't... Oh, yeah, the black, kind of weird black and <sighs> white, sort of. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Have the 
has the Star's publicity team not fucking told Tall Ship Productions that there is a major concern among the viewership about the unnecessary depiction of sexual assault in this series? Like, why add it? Why add more? That isn't in the book. We don't see that shit in the book. He just tells them. Right. That's all that, like, why? 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 It's already in the story. Why show it? There is no reason to show it. No. Yeah, God, fuck, at least when, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but at least when Brianna got raped, it was like, door shut, shoes outside the door. That, I understand. Mm-hmm. That I completely understand. The, the last Claire sexual assault was a brutal episode, but it was all of that jumping back and forth with the sort of fantasy she created for herself so that she could continue to exist while this horrifying thing was happening to her. So it was centered on Claire, and she had agency. This was exposition. Yes. It was, it was exposition. Ugh. Okay. We did it. And to, su- and to, and to sum, sum up, up, why? Okay, go on. Um, so let's start uh, talking about The Happiest Place on Earth, written by, hold on. Tony Graffia, didn't you say? Yes, written by Tony Graffia. <laughs> Elbows. Tony Graffia and, yeah, among other things. Sorry, Amanda. Um, written by Tony Graffia. Directed by Lisa Clark, who also directed the previous episode. Okay. Um, Well, Lisa, maybe we have some questions for you. I don't know. Again, those flashbacks completely out of line with everything we saw in the last episode and everything else in this episode. That's true. And there were a couple of scenes in this episode that were like, lights out good. Yeah, well, a lot like... Direction and acting. The Mark Lewis Jones stuff in the last episode. A lot Mm -hmm. of trusting the actor. And a director who trusts... Apparently, I'm still bad. A director who trusts the actor, and that's their thing, and that's how they work... They've included those fucking flashbacks. Mm. I don't think so. Look, I don't know whose idea that was, <laughs> but it was a bad one. Okay, okay, okay seriously. So, but we will end on the one good thing other than the Stephen Bonnet joke, um, which, for the record, was again the idea that the ghost of Stephen Bonnet would take his ghost penis, <laughs> shove it into the bottle with his balls in it, and fuck his own balls bottle. <laughs> um, life is a rich tapestry. <laughs> Okay, so um, is Ian shooting his ass? That was pretty great, but you know what? He, he deserved a harder death, maybe. He deserved a, maybe a little bit more. I don't pain. know. There's something about... Um, he did cut him off from grandstanding, though, and monologuing oh, and yeah. all that shit. So yeah. It's like um, in Mean Girls when uh, Regina George gets hit by a bus. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, boom. Maybe it's not worth our time. You know what? Like, Let's just get it over with. Um, the, I, I want to look up the exact quote, but I think in the book what he says is um, some people just need killing. Mm-hmm. Um, not like the baby wasn't mine, but it still deserved to live. Whatever. John Bell was great. Yeah. Happy pride, John Bell. Yay. <laughs> you really, you did Thank it you up. Thank you for coming through. Yeah, you did it up good. Um, so he's dead along with that storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Goodbye, Christie's. Malva, you deserve better. Yeah. Um, thank you, Tom. Okay. Yes. But good job, mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't wait to see the other things that y'all do. All right. So bye. bye. Christies. Let's turn our attention elsewhere. Brianna's giving birth. Yes. So the rest of this episode, we don't have subplots really. It's all until the very end. It's all Brianna and Roger need to piss off. Um, I remembered one thing though that does come back later. Great. 
Mrs. Bug interrupting oh, yes. Claire and Ian burying Alan Christie yes. and saying, oh yeah, you're right. Let's do this. Yeah. Come on. Like, no, listen, we've had our qualms, but this guy obviously needed to die. He sucked. He, and he never took off his shoes when he came indoors. <laughs> so please um, let me help you. Yeah, bury let him. me help. I, I'm an old lady, but give me that shovel. Let's go. Um, so yes, <laughs> that we do see, important later. <laughs> we see Mardina Bug briefly. Um, so that we remember who she is. Who they are. Because. That's a little. Um, we've seen this before. Yeah. So. Um, cut to Brianna sitting in her Sweeney Todd birthing chair. Oh my God. Listen. Seriously. Jamie murders enough people. <laughs> Lever. Baby comes out. <laughs> Lever. Baby pie. I was going to say. Baby pie. I was going to say. They should use it as a birthing chair when someone's giving birth. And then when Claire is tending to someone who Jamie thinks should probably just die because Lever. they're a fucking rapist or whatever. Lever into the oven. The that's worst where pies Ms. and Fraser's Ridge. That's when Mrs. Bug comes in. Yeah, She's like, oh, another one. Okay. <laughs> um, so she squeezes out a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, a little girl. A little girl. It's a good little scene. Everybody's very happy. Mm-hmm. Roger says we should name her Amanda because it means she who is loved, very sweet, lots of kissing. He's and still looking great with the short hair, by the way. They land on Amanda Claire Hope McKenzie. That's a, uh, I mean, I guess her granddad has like 20 names, so why not? Yeah. And Hope, obviously, calling back to Jamie and Claire's first child that didn't make it. Yeah. So, okay. We got a new baby on the ridge. Um. We then get a series of very sweet little scenes. First, where they're all, Lizzie, an extremely pregnant Lizzie, is reading out the birth notice in L'Oignon, um, which does not have a jokey headline. What's your favorite onion headline of all time? Um, if only there was some way we could have prevented this. <laughs> Says Nation. Says only Nation. This regularly happens. Yes, it's a good yes. one. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, that is obviously a classic. That's maybe the best one. Uh, I'm also very fond of um, Holy Shit, Man Walks on Fucking Moon, <laughs> um, which is from one of their old-timey ones, right? And then also, um, during Obama's first term, they ran one that said, Obama goes out for cigarettes, I'll be right back, back. says the commander-in-chief, um, which really is just kills me with delight. Anyway, it's not that onion, it's a different onion. Um, and they're just reading this nice little birth notice, and everybody's having a cute little chat. Uh, well, not enough Marsley. We need more Marsley. Um, she was working the printing press all by herself. She's picking, you know, she's got a smudge right here, it's yeah. sweat under those pits, but she is working hard. And now she's got to turn around and go feed their 26 children. And yet she still hasn't asked that won't quit. Yes. Um, we love she you, Marsley. She truly is Kelly Ripping it. She has it all. She has it all. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, Jamie is wandering through the barn with a tiny infant in his arms, introducing little Amanda to her horsey because he is making her a horse girl before she even has a choice. No choice. You know what? It was probably destiny. Mm-hmm. If anybody was going to be a horse girl, it was that man's granddaughter. If I grew up on that property with that type of horse anywhere near oh, me, yeah. totally I would be a horse Absolutely girl. would be a horse you girl. You wouldn't have to make me one. It would just happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would also be you know, like a like a pig girl farm farm cow girl and then we would have to eat them and i would have a psychological breakdown (laughs) i think if you grew up with it it might be easier to deal with it because you see the death all the time i don't know i've been crying about a foster dog for two weeks (laughs) okay okay so um the foster dog is fine by the way sorry the foster dog is not dead she's in a different foster home still available for adoption adopts parker paws an amazing dog that i have been crying about for two weeks anyway um so uh 
he introduces Amanda to the foal that's going to be hers. So cute. It's extremely cute. Then we cut to Claire walking around the surgery being like, and this is grandma's microscope. And this is grandma's ether. What could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> now that I'm not huffing it anymore, it's just for medical use. Totally fine. Why did she have 70,000 bottles of ether? Does she really need that much ether on the ridge? Well, I mean, it's... It's Lord John who sends her the stuff that she needs to make it, and making it's probably pretty dangerous. So my guess would be that they do it in larger batches. So that right, but how ones. often is she using it? I would think she wasn't using it very often because she doesn't want people to know she has it, right? Mm-hmm. Only a close few or somebody who was already like knocked out because of super pain anyway. Anyway, there, when we get to that scene, there's a lot of ether in her cabinet. There is a lot of ether in her cabinet. <laughs> Maybe that goes back to her attic days. <laughs> or maybe she just likes to stockpile. Listen, <laughs> you know what? They're on the no ridge. No shame. You should see their <laughs> larder. <laughs> You've seen the windows. Yeah. There's a thing. More is more on the ridge. More is more. Um, but she's telling the baby, oh, you're going to be a doctor too, just like Grammy. Uh-oh, yeah. why are your nails blue? So a lot of this is straight book stuff. Um Amanda's nails are blue because she has a little baby heart thing that means that the valve in her heart has not closed or has clo- has not has not closed. So her little baby lungs are getting little baby blood in them mm-hmm. and it's going to make it hard for her to little baby breathe. So and little baby live. Um yes, it is very sad. Everybody annihilates it like that scene was good great um claire realizing it to begin with brianna comes in and is like what's wrong tell me tell me no seriously tell me and she just like claire just can't so then we cut ahead claire is telling roger and brie at the same time and jamie is there and they all react differently i think of the four of them the person whose reaction affected me the most was jamie because he's like what do we do now yeah he's like you see him go (gasps) okay now what Mm-hmm. Cause like clearly this is not. Let's we're gonna find. Move. Let's get to the solution. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a man of action. <laughs> he really, he really does. He's solution focused. Question: solution Would focused. it help if I murdered somebody? Yeah, Could, I mean, just a little murder. Just like tell me who I should murder <laughs> to make this better. Yes, like let's go. I know you need jewels to go through the stones, but question: What about a human heart? What about murder? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they decide. Claire says, "I can't fix it." Um, not even with ether, not even like, and we later see her freaking out because she also wouldn't be able to fix it. Um, in probably wouldn't be able to fix it even if they were in her time because that's not her specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a newborn. That's not, you don't want just anybody operating on no, a newborn. That's a tiny, tiny little operation. <laughs> Julie is holding the world's smallest violin right now. Remember, remember the game operation? Yeah, totally. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck it. So, um, she says, I know someone who can. It's Joe Abernathy. I don't remember if it's him in the thing or not, but yeah, I mean, it better be it, that sure makes it seem like it is. We yeah. met exactly one other doctor. You're right. Um, so probably, which is great. Cause that guy rules. Yeah. Um, I only know one other person who can do this. Sweet. But that person lives 200 years from now. So Jamie poops some gems. And it's George Washington. <laughs> um, poop some jewels, buddy. Yeah. So <laughs> new mission. Mission get jewels. Because they have some jewels, but not all the jewels. And they're going to need four jewels. <laughs> and one of them is living in her car in Anchorage, Alaska. So they're going to have to go find her. That's, That's right. a joke about Jewel, the singer-songwriter. 
You're welcome. Uh, Allison, who will save your soul? I don't know. Um, who's going to win these foolish games? That's another Jill song. Um, so, uh, so they head off to presumably Wilmington to get some jewels, to, yep. to run the jewels. Yeah. Um, and when they arrive in their cute little wagon, little jammies, taking a little nap in the back. Oh, also, there's a moment where... They're dangling a gem in front of Amanda. Oh, yeah, to see if she responds to it, if she can hear it. And Jimmy's like, oh, she hears it. She told yeah. me. She's just laying she there like, me. I'm a baby. I don't speak English. What are you doing? That thing I is pretty. I can't move my head yet. Not my color. Um, and then Jimmy's like, oh, she can hear it because she told me. And we're like, fucking kids say creepy ass things all the time. <laughs> Have you ever read sometimes like those great Twitter threads of parents saying, what's the creepiest thing your kid ever said to you? And it's always something like, the man in my bedroom didn't say that. <laughs> and it's like, what? Or, I hate that I'm going to have to watch you die. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Jimmy pulls one out and says, oh, no, she told me. And everyone's just like, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, fire starter. Hope you're right. <laughs> uh, so they head off to Wilmington to get more jewels. And the first jewel that they find was once up Jamie's butt. Um, and now next to Lord so they're four for four. Heart. No. Um, so they get out of the wagon. Jamie is off doing something Jamie-ish. Um, a sing to the horses. He, I'm sure. He's, he's uh, I don't know, murdering somebody. He's scanning the crowd for who's next. He says, Jim, will you come help your granda with the provision? So then they go and murder some people. So then he just puts Jim on his shoulder and he's like, look around the crowd, Jim. I know you've got the sight. First blood. Which one? <laughs> Let me do it, granda. Um... <laughs> But Brianna looks around and she spots a coin face and the spitting image of her dad. Mm -hmm. That casting is good. Let me look up his name. Choice casting. Yeah. We talked about this in the teaser trailer when we first saw this actor because it really is a like mix of Sam Hewen and the actress that played. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, but Geneva. it's more convincing when you actually see him move and talk. Like yes, some similar mannerisms. He's got a similar, like, um, even keeled, um, twinkle in the eye, diplomatic thing happening. Charles Vandervart. Way to go, Vandervart. Yeah. If it ain't Dutch, it ain't much. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you're you got big shoes to fill, and I so far you're doing great. But the real doozy double doozy of that scene is, is that, that he's knows. just he's just meeting a nice lady yeah he remembers um, her briefly and he doesn't understand why no he hasn't met her oh that's right she yeah. hadn't gotten to the ridge yet. he remembers jamie mm -hmm. the groom the groom at hellwater yeah oh yeah oh yeah um he's like this nice lady why is she looking at me all intense like why, and kind of weirdly smiling why is and she laughing? smiling so much and her eyes are brimming with tears it's it's a lot but She's kind of hot. She's good. It's cool. It's cool. Um, so he's very nice. They have a little chat about revolution and the best friend that uh, trots out an Abraham Lincoln quote. Um, the best war you make best friends you with your enemy is to make them, them a friend. friend. Yes. Mm -hmm. So war, war, something more war. War, war, more war, yeah, war, 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 war. Um, war. <laughs> what is it good for, Julie? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, when I, w I was in D.C. for work recently and I... Um, went to the National Cathedral, which I had never been to before. And there's an Abe, there's an Abe corner um, in the big, like, 
main reception. Is whatever. it awesome? It's very cool. So there's a beautiful statue and, and a quote on the wall. And then, because I read the brochure, because I'm that person, um, the lintel of the door that it's next to mm-hmm. um, has on one side a Union cap and on the other side a Confederate cap. Wow. Like into the, it's very subtle. And then in the floor in front of it, in a star, I think, um, is 14 pennies. What's 14 for? I don't remember. But pennies. There's got to be a reason for 14. But I do love the, obviously, his face is on the penny. Coin face. <gasps> <laughs> nice. Um, it's very cool. Anyway, um, and William is like, yeah, but sometimes you just got to murder a guy. And then Brianna goes, you are just like your dad. <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, so he speaking up, where did he go? Watch out. <laughs> so he moseys off and then Brianna. Oh yeah. That, that's the point. Jamie He's only doing them. the one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, William is in one scene, right? But Lord John and Brianna are both in two scenes at once because they're having this interaction with William. And also they're having like psychic conversation about the fact that this is happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Brianna doesn't know that her dad is behind her, but Jamie is behind her. We'll talk about that in a second. And and I think Lord John sees him totally. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Lord John gets to have this moment of this young woman that he loves Mm -hmm. as kind of like a surrogate daughter. Cause they're BFFs. Remember, remember the astrolabe? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Remember when he's like, listen, I'm gay, gay as a lampshade, but Mm -hmm. Why don't we pretend like we are going to get married so I can save you from this ball? Yeah. So let's do, well, because you are not marrying a hobbit on my watch. <laughs> not on my watch. Absolutely not. Uh, especially not one that hasn't even had second breakfast. Second breakfast. Um, so he's got this beautiful look on his face. And then Brianna, Sophie Skelton is really good in this episode. She did did do a really good job in this episode. And this scene in particular, that like giddy, I'm about to laugh. Also, this is really sad. Also, are you going to die? This is, I'm confused. Also, I know who wins. Yeah. That's the hard thing for everybody, right? Yeah. Really excellent. Um, And then Jamie sees them meeting and it has all of these echoes of the scene where he met Brianna, mm-hmm. right? Uh, minus the piss on himself. Yes. Minus his own piss all the way down his leg. <laughs> That's probably good. Listen, we didn't see a shot below the waist. You don't know. You know that he did, though. You know that he was taken unawares while No, P I'm was saying still this time. Out. You don't know. Oh, you're right. There could be B. Just He could have just gone, <laughs> and be like, what? Uh, luckily, I've got my shirt tied around me. <laughs> Um, it's really lovely. Everybody like great all around. And then Brianna and Lord John have a nice chat. Happy pride. And, uh, Brianna says, um, he has a right to know. And Lord John says, are you quite mad? Yeah. You're crazy. And the answer is actually a little bit because yes, but also, um, he should know. He should know that he that's should know. He's but an adult. also he, it would it would cost him a lot more than his psyche. Like Brianna needed therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, he would need to find a new place to live mm-hmm. and like be ostracized by his social circle and probably lose his commission. Wait, just because he found out doesn't mean other people have to find out. Well, sure. But you know, people talk. He wouldn't want to tell anybody if he found out. I want you to remember this, Julie. Okay. So people are going to find out clearly. I just want you to remember I'm not saying other people find out. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is I want you to remember just because he finds out doesn't mean anybody else needs to find out. Remember that. 
Okay. But really, though, that is the truth. Also, speaking of needing to find out, can we take a sidebar here to really talk about something super important? Yes. I know we're almost to the scene with Jamie and Lord John, but Bree's right there. He deserves to know. That's important. Guess who else deserves to know something? Lord John Gray deserves to know that these people can travel through time. Yes. Yes. He is like Murtaugh level of deserving to oh, know. Oh, totally. He raised that dude's son. All right. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about the club of people who deserve Brianna to know about time Brianna could have just told travel. him right there. Boop. Okay. People who deserve to know about time travel. Murtaugh, obviously. Yes. And, and he did. Lord John Gray. Um, uh, we in, obviously already yes. knows. Lord John Gray. Yes. Yes. Jenny. Ooh, yeah. She I think, deserves. I think maybe Jenny should know, but Jenny. Big Ian also deserves. Yes. But do you think they would tell other people? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I think they'd lock that down. I mean, they think Claire is a witch. So might as well have a reason for it. Or the understanding of it. I, they deserve to know. They're yes. in the deserve to know club. Um, uh, let's see. Who else? Marsley? Yes. Fergus? Well. Marsley only. Listen. Fergus would. I guess he sort of knows. He doesn't like know, know, but he knows. Um, but Marsley deserves to know. Yes. She murdered for Claire. She deserves to know. If you, here's the rule. If, if you, you murder someone on behalf of Claire Beecham Randall, Randall Fraser, Fraser, you know. You deserve to know. Lord John Gray didn't murder anybody, but Lord John Gray just deserves to know because he spent 20 years raising Jamie's I kid. mean. And best friend. Lord he's John, Jamie's best friend. He's taken a, a lot of bullets. He's taken a lot of bullets for Jamie. He's raising his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but has done a, he's done a lot. He got, yes. he got him out of being transported to the U.S. He got him out of jail. He, yeah. Ish. He's like, he, he has done Jamie many, many solids. Um, and the reason is because he, he loves, loves him so, so much. The ne- that's the next scene is Jamie shows up to have a real heartbreaker of a conversation with Lord John, um, which I hope does not mean that we won't be seeing David Barry for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically uh, he comes in and they have a nice chat about seeing them together. And Lord John Willie is like, agree. did you know that you're a daughter, you're a fucking daughter who I love and admire. Do you know what she wants to tell this guy whose dad is, do you know? And Jamie's like, yeah, no, she's, that's stupid. Yeah, she's got modern woman's ideas. The time they came from is different. It's like, come on. Sorry, did I say time? I mean, please. I mean, please. I mean, oh yeah, you don't know. Why don't you know, John? Why doesn't he know? (laughs) It's so, like, listen, if there is anyone who is going to keep that man's secret, it is Lord Lord John John Gray. Gray. He can keep his toes down. It's clear his own life he's kept his toe down. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, Listen, Murta is more of a blabbermouth. Yes. Murta. Yes. Rest in peace. Please tell Lord John Gray that you people in your family travel through time. Yeah. I mean. Okay, anyway. Anyway. But that scene between Lord John Gray and uh Jamie, it was my favorite in the entire episode. Me too. And it kind of boils down to um, would you fight on the other side against your own son? And Jamie's saying, I am never wearing a red coat ever again after what they did to where I'm from. I carried my godfather's body and mm-hmm. off the battlefield and swore that I would, I would never, never fight for the British again. Right. So don't try me. Yeah. And Lord John is like, but listen, um, as a person win. who does not travel in time, do you really, <laughs> do you really think that these rednecks can take on the British Empire? And th- you know what? Fair point. You know what? It's it's. 
it must have felt that way. It must have felt that way. Of course it felt that way. Of course it felt that way. And to him, I really like how David Berry plays it because he's like, I get it. I get it. But But you're British. Like, you all are British. You're just kind of far away. So, like, just be British. Everybody could just drink some tea and, like, hang out. And instead... Dumping the tea in the harbor. And you're not paying taxes. You're wearing your non-uniforms. Carrying the guns that the British Empire made for you. Mm-hmm. Ungrateful buttholes. You know what, Lord John Gray? Guess what? I'm going to tell you something. We travel through time. The Americans win this one. How long do you think it would take to con- to make him believe that the Americans win the re- Revolutionary War? I don't think that matters at all. I do not think he would switch sides. Yeah, no. Well, he's British. Uh, well, and he's sworn oaths. Right. He's a lord. Yeah. He's served in the military. He's materially interested in the status quo remaining as it is, at least in his country. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I think because this is a romance, he's just an honorable man. Okay. He's not going to turncoat. He does really love Jamie, though, and we get to see it in this scene. (sighs) It's so beautiful. They're both so good in this scene. Yes. I mean, they have to have a friend breakup. Mm -hmm. And Jamie says, like, Thanks for the butt, Jim. Thanks for it back. I'm glad you <laughs> oh, kept yeah. it next He's to like, your I'm here because years. I need a butt, Jim. Um, don't worry about it. It's for nothing at all. Um, I just thought I'd get one for Bri- Brianna. Brianna needs one. I can't say more mm. than that. Science. It's science. Know that even in silence, I will remain your most humble friend. And he's got tears in his eyes. And you can see the way Lord John is looking at him. It's just, he loves him so much. And it's this... Like, yes, he's in love with him, but it's also this very profound decades-long friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's very romantic in its way. Like, yep. we tell a lot of jokes about, like, kiss, kiss, but it's not that. That's yep. him being in love with him is separate from their very deep bond. Yes. Which is rooted in all kinds of complicated things, including this kid that they essentially share. Because mm-hmm. um, William has two daddies. <laughs> um it's a happy pride um it's so sweet it's that was my favorite scene of the episode for sure definitely there are some other uh, the the mandy diagnosis scene was also really good the um there's stuff to come that i think is really good but the sam and um sophie scene in the fireflies was good too but really this this was the best scene in the entire episode it It was was so well written it was well acted you really felt it lots of um reaction shots yes which is Good. great. Well, like, again, Lisa Clark, mm-hmm. like when Jamie was doing the eulogy for Tom Christie, and we got a little of Jamie and then a lot of Tom Christie. To see how the words were affecting him. Yes. Yes, which is. What and it we was, they see. did it on uh, both sides. We got mm-hmm. to see Jamie react to what Lord John was doing and saying. We got to see Lord John react to what Jamie was doing and saying. It was really, really excellent. Yeah. Um, then we have a little like, let's count the gems meetup. They have their little meetup, little gems. They count their gems. They've got one that's in a thimble. Oh, yeah. Why? I don't know. One that's in a hairpin. Yeah, one in a little comb. Um, one that was up Jamie's butt and mm. another one that was up Jamie's butt. Um, so two from the butt. <laughs> <laughs> two in the stink. <laughs> okay. Um, Jamie's like, by the way, Lord John, give me this one. So that's four. Let's get you out of here. And uh, Brianna and Roger. Oh, so we get our fireflies. So Jamie is like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, Brianna, you want to take a wee walk with me? And they go and they have a chat in the forest. 
at night, beautiful firefly scene. You can obviously tell that a lot of the fireflies are digital. I mean, oh, obviously. Yeah. And also, as a person who grew up in a place where fireflies were plentiful, it felt weird that they were so static. Mm. Like they needed, they needed to be more of them needed to be obviously moving. I well, think to make it feel more natural. In and out, yeah, they go in and out. It felt like they were. Glo- it was just like it was beautiful. Though. It was still very pretty. I was impressed by um, it. Like it was like you said, obviously CGI. But I was impressed by the CGI when he caught one. Yeah, because it was on his face a little mm-hmm. when he caught it, and then his hands cupped it and it went away, and then it was sort of coming out from between his fingers, and they mm-hmm. let it go. It was very nice. Um, and they just have a nice chat about things, but mostly about Disneyland. Yes. So Brianna's talking about how awesome Disneyland is. And of course, me being me, I'm sitting here going, do you know how many people have died at Disneyland? <laughs> do you know what it's like to work at Disneyland? Yeah. Like, so there's, as there always is with anything Disney related, there's this really big, like, mm, cleave in the middle of the people who really, really love it and like see all the good shit and then pessimists like me who are like it's a fucking nightmare yeah yeah and i'm firmly in the middle mm-hmm. i can see both, both sides. sides yeah but i'm also i'm like anytime i see it i'm like forced joy always well to me feels forced not to other people whenever i see this is fun i immediately am like what's underneath that fun yeah and i can't help myself i wonder how different it was in the early days though you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. fewer rides the queuing situation would be totally different yeah less crowded yeah um less expensive way less expensive less of a big like deal breaker like your five-year-old just assumes you're going to take them there or when you tell them you're going to take them there and then it's not the best thing that's ever happened Mm -hmm. to them sadness or you have to get your fast passes and then there's a you're staying in the hotel oh and there's Lord. a deal and then the this and then, and then there's that. a water park do you want to pay pee? the 80 dollars to have tea in cinderella's castle Mm-mm. with mickey mouse or whatever the, the capitalization of disney so when he called him the rat that did make me laugh though because that's what me and neil and tom refer to disney as because when our friend joe went to go work for them we called it the rat going to work for the rat eh so disneyland as joy mm complicated yes but brianna's memories are all very as good. a child and mm. they're very positive and uh and she's sort of painting this picture for him which you can see him sort of imagining jemmy and amanda like going to this place where st- a person who fucking loves books where stories come to life as she yeah. describes it mm-hmm. and marching bands walking up and down the street and then a giant rat <laughs> she's like well it's really a human being dressed like a mouse and he's like what the fuck is this place <laughs> Uh, but it's important because it leads Jamie, to a very same. cute line later. So they have their lovely, like, she says, you're magic to me. And he asks her if she regrets coming. And that's when she says that. It's very sweet little scene. And it's kind of essentially their private goodbye. Yeah. Kind of. I wish that we had gotten, after that scene, we had gotten whatever Roger and Claire were talking about while they were out having their walk. Because that... I've just always really loved the Roger Claire relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, like think about when he goes to visit them at Christmas and oh, yeah. she's so upset because he looked it up and he says, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Very, it's, um, they have an interesting bond, I think. Um, and so, understand each other. Uh, Brianna and Roger are wrapping it up. They're trying to get all their shit taken care of. Yeah. Brianna tries to talk Roger into staying with Jem and she'll just take Mandy. Because Roger's understandably concerned. He's like, okay, last time we tried to do this, 
we just wind up in the same place. Mm -hmm. So also Mandy is a baby. What if she dies? What if I die? What if Jem dies? What if we get separated? What if, I don't know. Nobody knows how this shit works. So here's how it works. We'll we'll come back to that. Oh my God. Um, Nobody knows, but I do know this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No one has any facts, but let me tell you a few factual (laughs) pieces of information. Um, And they're like, no, we're a family. We travel together. Um, Jamie and Claire are sad. Everyone's sad. They row themselves to Ocracoke. And I brought this up on the Crowdcast and asked Allison, I've been to Ocracoke, and I know that that ferry ride is at least an hour and a half, two hours, maybe two and a half hours. It's something at two-hour range. So how long do you think it took them to row, row, row their little boat to Ocracoke? (laughs) Well, I don't know. It is the Scottish Terminator, presumably, who's doing the rowing. I'm just saying it took many hours. It probably took like five hours. And they had to stop for Jamie to puke at least five times. Oh my God, that's right. He's such a weak seaman. (laughs) And they didn't show us acupuncture needles in his forehead, so I'm assuming... He threw up at least once. Yeah. So they make it to Ocracoke, and by the way, Ocracoke just gets straight to it. Raw. (laughs) <laughs> dick rocks are right on that fucking beach just all like boom. four of them yeah it looks kind of bare it's very it's rare dink and bare it's rink-a-dink dick rocks mm-hmm. um it's not at all the way they do it in scotland it's not the what is it it's the motion of the ocean it's not the size of the boat it's the motion <laughs> of the ocean <laughs> um so they all walk up which meh, <laughs> um in the books, the stones make people who can travel physically sick. There's also a thing where it's best to travel on feast days, like um, Halloween, or solstice, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but whatever. Fucking, you can't keep everything. Yeah, let's move the story. Um, so Claire gets way too close. <laughs> she would have felt bad, and we would have seen it. Oh, right? I mean, she would have felt like her head was splitting open, and also like the stones were going, <laughs> trying to suck her <laughs> right into 19... 19- 70 whatever mm-hmm. um so uh we'll just pretend that that is not a thing that should have happened um they all have their individual goodbyes and they are all very good it is very lovely and yeah. all the actors do a great job and i was very moved by it julie not so much well i mean we because we've seen these scenes before and because Except for maybe Roger and Claire in this episode. We've already seen it with Jamie and Brianna. Like, it's just, it feels sometimes like they're treading over the, treading water a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. If you want to have it, great. I understand why you want to have it, but make the other scene shorter or something. I don't know. It just feels like repetitive. Um, We will agree to disagree there. mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I I don't know. I liked it a lot. I liked Mm -hmm. It, and I liked this departure scene a lot more than the last time they tried to leave through the stones, mm-hmm. which granted that was just Ian. Mm-hmm. Poor Ian. Yeah. Presumably oh, yeah, he's Ian taking care of the stones. Right. Yeah. Presumably Ian is, is watching out for the ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? No houses burned down on his watch. No, so. they did not. Come on, get it together. Everybody else. Yeah. Um, so they all say goodbye and it is lovely. Who of them, which was your favorite? Um, I really kind of liked the Roger Jamie one. Me too. Because it was respect and love and all that stuff in a relationship that we know has been fraught. fraught. But now they have both come to respect and love each other. And that, to me, and because we don't see them alone together a lot anymore, mm-hmm. like just watching them talk to each other is feels like weirdly like a little treat. 
Uh, I thought that the Brianna and Claire goodbye was very good. Yeah, I really liked that one too. I liked that we see, we're about to see Claire pretty distraught. Mm -hmm. Um, and she manages to make that goodbye positive, right? Like Brianna is really torn up and she says, listen, we've said goodbye forever twice already. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? We don't know. Nobody knows except for these facts that I'm about to tell you. Um, it's really, it's, but it's really beautiful. And it's the way it's filmed too is interesting because we've usually seen physical contact with a stone. This time the camera pans around the stone so that they just disappear behind the stone and then come out the other side, they're gone. And Jamie and Claire are sad and they go home. Oh, to Jamie says, um, for you, I will go on. But for, for me, for alone, myself, yeah. I would not. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then we see they they made it. Yay, uh, we're back at the ridge. They're all passed out on the ground. And your thought is immediately like, did you land on your baby? You, Brianna, you got to get up. Did you land on your baby? And then Roger rolls over and has the baby. Like, d- do we remember that? Okay, whatever. So then we see no, Jimmy. Ro- Roger doesn't have the baby. You're Roger right. rolls over and asks about the baby. Immediately. Because he also thinks that the baby might not travel. Did you land on your baby? <laughs> Brianna, you did fell down. Did you Christopher down. Montesano this baby? Oh my God! yeah oh boy um but seriously Brie get up what if you're suffocating your baby yeah stand up um but they all made it through they're trying to figure out did they go through okay jemmy is running around with his little airplane and then there's a very cheesy but i have to admit fun shot Mm -hmm. where you see the little airplane go vroom and then behind the airplane is a real airplane so we know we're in the Quote, unquote, future. Yeah. When in the future? Who knows? Who knows? 2023, baby. No one knows, but let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, And that's a wrap on them. I wish the following things. I wish that it had been a tourist attraction and it'd be like, come see the magical stone circle where nothing ever happens. And then boom. I wish that if not that, that there had been dick rock dancers and they had been like mid dick rock dance. And then all of a sudden, poof, poof. And then they all piss themselves. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, poof, Colonial Williamsburg. And they, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what the situation is in the book, um, but I do remember thinking, this is great because based on when this is, if they have landed at the same time, they have, they landed when they're supposed to. Um, but if they landed at the same time, uh, everyone is just going to think they were in a cult. Yeah. Or also, Brie might have been able to kind of navigate it a little bit because of the prairie look. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe they would have been like, Oh, Laura Ashley. But then they would have looked at him and been like, what the fuck is up with rebel yell? I have one question for you. Random passerby who won the battle of Kulan? Who won the battle of Kulan? No, I have one question. Who won the revolutionary war? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, we know who won. We know. It's so, it's so weird. John. They sit up and they see a giant British flag waving. And they're Britannia. like, oh no. Oh, we have to go back. <laughs> Let me back in. Let me back in. No more budgets. I, I stepped on a butterfly somewhere. <laughs> but who won the butterfly? Who won the butterfly? All um, right. Good luck in the future, y'all. So then we see Claire and Jamie galloping on their beautiful horses. Back to the ridge. Which now has a like a periphery around the edge of the house, um, like white stone border that looks straight up like a patio. Why? Because now that they got the house built, daddy's got to have a project so he don't murder. (laughs) He needs to not murder. Yeah. He needs something to do. Are other people starving? Definitely. Sure. 
But what is he doing? He's going. He's going out. And he's picking up individual white rocks. Here's a white rock. This one one looks good. This This one one looks good. I like this one. I like this one. I'm going to call this one Lionel Brown. (laughs) And I'm going to call this one Blackjack Randall. I'm going to put them like this where they're almost touching each other. And then every day I'm going to step right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is wonderful news. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, they head back and they're laying in their bed and then all of a sudden Claire is like, I need to fuck right now. And she rolls over, tries to get it going. And she's just like all up on her husband. No preamble. He's like, jaw kiss, throat kiss, climb aboard. And Jamie, Sam, Sam is very good in this episode. Cause um, yes, he is. He is bemused and like, obviously doesn't object, but you can, the look on his face is like, are you honey, sure? Honey, I think maybe what you want is some to cocoa cry. and yeah. then have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'll I will do it. always fuck you. I will do it. But, but something tells me your heart's not in it. Yeah. Um, so then they have a really good cry instead. Yeah, which is a lovely scene. Oh, and like, Kate is really good in that scene. If, having someone that you can talk to in that way, this is a guacamole moment. <laughs> It really, it's lovely. Yeah. I mean, obviously it comes out of pain, but having somebody that you trust and respect that much, it's just, the two of them together, the history of them working on the show together for so long, like you can, you can just see it. Yeah. They they work very well together. There's a, obviously trust between the characters, but I think you're right. Also Mm -hmm. the actors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to ugly cry in front of everyone. Yeah. And she really goes for it. Yeah. And there are cameras there too, dude. Yeah. I can't ugly cry in front of myself sometimes mm-hmm. but she's just like let's Man, do this let it go i'm gonna claire danes the fuck out of this she, truly she very did. claire danes mm-hmm. it's a good ugly cry and um sam is very, very good, good too mm-hmm. the jamie reaction is perfect and he's there to support her and he does and then presumably when she's done crying then they then fuck. they do it yeah she's gonna just cry it out for a minute yeah otherwise she'll be distracted yeah let's let's get the focus back on me yeah <laughs> jamie fraser it's um it's a really good little scene um and then after that what happens before the big happening hmm. is that it do we get the is that where we have a montage or is it the flash of was this a voiceover yes there's a big montage it's the voiceover of them going like we see the horse getting bigger that would have been amanda's horse yeah where she says it really was the happiest place on earth right it's a it's a decent little montage whatever it's i would rather have a montage when we're doing a time jump and yes fine is we get our voiceover blah 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 blah, blah. fine Whatever. whatever jump ahead claire has a cool basket it's a cool basket. Yeah, it is. She's gone to forage for some greens yeah, or there's some, some shit. stuff hanging out of it. And it's kind of like dusk. It's yeah. a little dark outside. And her house is dark inside. And this makes her concerned. But there's like a light in the background. And this makes her concerned. But I don't know why. They don't mm-hmm. have electricity. Nope. It's whatever. She Her spidey sense is tingling. It's fine. Claire's been through a lot of shit. Yeah, she has. She's on high alert. Yeah, she's got her like lizard brain is like something's wrong. She walks in. And then getting a Jamie murder turtle entrance. It's true. We see a in the background, classic match lighting in the background thing. And fucking Wendigo Donner. It's like, where did you get these? And matches. And uh, 
Claire says, my daughter, my daughter made them. Listen, it was very important that we keep it because some bitch who does a podcast was very invested in the storyline where Brianna makes matches. So we had to mention it again because we didn't make a big deal enough of it the first time. So Brianna made matches. They're about to make a bigger deal out of it though. Yes. But not about Brianna making them. Uh, And then Donner is like, cool. And he wish I would have had them. And he pockets them. Rude. All right. Uh, this guy. He says, your stupid son-in-law didn't help me. And then he holds up his like manacle on his wrist. It's like, I got away. I chewed through the steel or something. <laughs> I tried to go through the stones and I had this emerald, but I woke up and I was in the same place and my emerald bit the dust. So I need you to tell me how do these fucking stones work? And I need a gem. And I know you've got one. Right. That comes later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire is like, okay, listen, I'm going to tell you, but then you have to leave. No one knows how Here are the any facts. of this works. So let me tell you exactly how it works. Um, <laughs> she's like, you need to think about a person or place to steer and focus. You don't focus. drink. Don't drink, you yeah, fucking moron. Yeah, because he said he got drunk the first time and then obviously couldn't focus. Yeah. Um, also, she says, you have the audacity to come and ask me for help. Where were you when I needed help? He's like, Lionel Brown would have killed me. And she's like, yeah, yeah me too, asshole. Mm-hmm. What is fucking wrong with you? Um, which, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he's like, okay, well, fine. You told me some facts you said you didn't have, but now <laughs> I'm going to need you to give me the gemstones that I know you have. Oh, wait. Hold on. We also got a scene post-montage where Jamie is like, hey, wifey, listen. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, we almost forgot. He, pull, he reaches into his nightstand and pulls out his nightstand. Pulls out Lou. <laughs> which is what else <laughs> and then he loops up his hand puts it up his butt pulls out a tiny the burlap tiniest, pouch and inside garland, the tiny pouch garnet is a teeny tiny gemstone and claire's like what the fuck he's like listen i would have given it up if we couldn't find another gemstone for mandy somewhere lord john gray bursts into tears <laughs> you mean i could still have the butt sapphire next to <laughs> you my don't heart? understand it feels so empty it was so close to your prostate and now to my heart. <laughs> um, so he pulls it out and he's like, I kept this so that if you I died, back. you could go back. But maybe you want to go back now? And Claire's like, give me that. And then throws it out the window. I do not remember this in the book, but I've been assured that this is a book thing. And it would be stupid in both. It's so dumb. And again, Sam, great in this episode. Like, also very funny in a low-key way. You can see on his face, he's like, what the Are you fuck? fucking kidding me? Uh, listen, these windows do not pay for themselves. <laughs> Our house is scheduled to burn down any minute now. That is like all the money we have in the world. Also, I kept it in my butt for years. Yeah, that uncomfortable tiny garment. Because she, she chucks it out the window. You should have seen me trying to get it out. It's so small. Claire, if you wanted me to lean you out the back of this window and fuck you, I would do it. You don't have to throw a gemstone out the window for me to do it. Um, and she comes over and says she loves him and they have a very nice kiss. And then he says, like, we, we gotta go, we gotta go find that gemstone. Uh, they also talk about ja- how Jamie is low key psychic and, uh, dreams the future and oh, he dreamed right, electric he light. Dream the electric light. Oh, dream. and sorry. We skipped the best line in the farewell scene. Which was? Which was, uh, uh Jamie's farewell to Jim. He says, if in the future you meet a very tall mouse named Michael. Tell him your grandsire sends his regards. And I just want Jem to be like, excuse me, Mickey Mouse, my grandfather sends his regards. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then run away with fake airplane. Yep. <laughs> so um, saying that Claire threw that garnet out the window and then they went to go look for it means it reminds us that there's probably a gemstone somewhere on the property. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, if they found it. If they found it. I'm she sure threw they it did. Into the, she threw it. Listen. She threw it out the window, which means it's in that giant pit of white stones. It is somewhere between Lionel Brown and Blackjack Randall. Just look a little deeper. And she's just like, hold on, let me dig through your murders. <laughs> dig through your murder rocks to try to find oh, it. Oh, there it is. So, um, what's his name? Wendigo Mandicoot. Donner. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I don't know his name. So, Rocky Raccoon. Thank you. Um, he goes into his room only to find Gideon's Bible. Um, <laughs> he says, okay, well, here's the thing. I also need a gemstone. So, I brought some friends, and the deal is... I'm going to get these gemstones and they're going to get whatever else they fucking want because I haven't dicked you over hard enough yet. So fuck you. And in case you're not going to help me out, look what my friends found. And they drag in Jamie who has a little tiny bruise on his forehead. Yeah. He's gotten a punch in the face. And has not murdered anyone. Not yet. And why is that? Well, it seems he's playing a bit of a long game. Mm -hmm. And he (laughs) says, uh, Donner grabs Claire and puts a gun to her head. He says, you, I'm going to shoot her right in the head unless you tell me where the gemstones are. And Jamie says, oh, you don't want to shoot her, stupid woman. She's the only one who knows where the gemstones are. And like, this time, she didn't hide them up my butt. And Claire, obviously, is over here rolling her eyes a little bit like, okay, all right, Fine. I got it. I got it. I'll play this game. All right, dinner theater. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, and Jamie says, James Fraser, sir. And gives bow. a little and bow. And gives a little bow. And then Claire's and, like, and who are enough. you, sir? And she says, this is Wendigo Donna. And he immediately goes into full murder mode. <laughs> it is so funny. He's like, James Fraser. <laughs> Just like instantaneously. It is a very Jamie moment. Jamie is very good at all of that political shit. He is absolutely the person you want playing your long game. He is a great liar. He is crafty. He's good at all that shit. Unless you happen to be directly or indirectly responsible for multiple rapes perpetrated against his wife. Yeah. In which case, he has no chill and you're going to die. Yeah, you're going to die. Um, but, you know, they're outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't kill him. And uh, they, the, his friends come in and they're like, hey, Rocky Raccoon, we ha- look, we found this. And he chucks out a giant bar of gold throws it onto the kitchen floor. It promptly breaks through the wood floor and goes directly into the cellar, hitting the wet white sow on the head and she dies. Um, but no, it's the Frenchman's gold. But why does Mr. Bug have a piece of the Frenchman's gold? Yeah, they found it in Mrs. Bug's knitting basket. And Jamie says in Gaelic, I remember that. Didn't she have it in the stroller a long time ago? Didn't this have something to do with, Never mind. go on. Um, Jamie says, why do you have that? And in Gaelic, it's subtitled. And um, and Mr. Bug says, it's basically, it's none of your damn business. Um, and there's like a very steely look. Like, what the fuck is that? Um, and everybody's freaked out. And then, you know, it hits the floor, goes through to the... White Sow, R.I.P. R.I.P. White Sow. Um, the Bandicoot's buddies are in the surgery starting to break shit up. And they open up a cabinet. Sonic the Hedgehog. And they open up a cabinet. It's very dark in there. They are trying to find a jewel stone. I get why. It's hard to see. And you see them open up this lower cabinet that's filled with what I estimate to be at least 20 bottles of ether. Now, I posed this question to Allison. 
why does she need that much ether on the ridge? Was this was this a holdout from when she was an addict and she just needed to have a supply? I just think they're survivalists. And that's what I'm saying. They're, they've got a lot of dried beans. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of beef jerky. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of ether. A lot of ether. <laughs> um, it's like ether equals windows. And these guys, yes. These guys, glass bottles too, by the way. Yes, glass. Um, glass. These guys are like... Here's Look a, at this. this chemical. I'm just going to throw this Look on the this, floor. I'm just going to throw it. Boom. The fumes start to rise up. The bugs and Claire are immediately like, Wah! and they cover their faces because they know what's up. Jamie doesn't because he is invincible. He right. um, and Claire's like, cover your face. And he he's, does. Like, he's like, what? listen, um, I have plot armor. I'm not going to die. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, and then Donner is like, it's really dark in here. Let me wipe, right, go ahead and light one of these matches I stole. <laughs> and Claire's like, no. <laughs> Cut to outside. <gasps> Boosh! <laughs> the big house, the front half of it just explodes. So we know that Jamie and Claire live. Plot armor. Yeah. Is it just the people that were in the actual surgery that got crispy roasted? I don't know. Let's find out because that was an awful big explosion. I'm going to guess that the guy that was closest to the ether jar bit it. But there was a lot of ether in there, too. So what I'm saying is when it caught fire once, it probably caught fire another 50 times every time one of those well, bottles knows? exploded. What else she fucking had in that surgery? Yeah, lots of fl- alcohol, Ooh, you know flammable what? things. R.I.P. to a bunch of things in the surgery. R.I.P. to beautiful bottles, beautiful glassware, beautiful windows, plants. Uh, remember the stethoscope? Like, uh, the astrolabe? Fucking. All these beautiful things. The notes. The fucking The Dr. Box. Rawlings notebook the is the box. one, like... Things that Claire loves a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, her her um, medical box yeah. is probably in oh, there. Oh, yeah. Her, her fucking um, microscope. Microscope. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but fucking two years worth of penicillin molds. Yes. Lots of moldy bread and approximately 800 bottles of ether. All gone. Bye. Bye. Life is short. It really is. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen next. It also smells like bacon. Because the white sow is dead and then got cooked. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is yum. That's a barbecue. <laughs> uh, all right. So, and that's how the episode ended with the explosion and the sound of wood burning mm-hmm. over the credits. We all knew this house was going up in flames. They told us in the previews. They did. Mm-hmm. So, um, getting up to get a beer. Uh, let's say on the low end, Kenburn's baseball. It's a classic. Yes. And on the high end, um, uh, Firestarter. <laughs> Damn, hilarious. So, save the first 10 minutes of the episode. I was pretty into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is a movie where it takes a minute to get into and then you're really into it? Um, speed? Yeah, because the bus isn't going at the beginning. And you got to get all that back shit about Dennis Hopper. Yeah, I like speed. Yeah. Because I- once... Sandy B and Keanu are on the bus. Fucking aces. I fucking love Speed, you guys. (laughs) I love that movie. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Face Off. Mm, mm -hmm. Very similar. Also, acting masterclass. Everybody firing on all cylinders. Some firing a little bit harder than others. Yes. But still... Yes, because Face Off understanding takes so the long assignment to get to the flop, but when they get to the flop, it's what if um, 
Freaky Friday, but Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. <laughs> Somebody pitched that. And John Woo was like, sign me up. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Let's do this. I, too, could eat a peach for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So uh, the doing it scale. Oh. Um Let's say on the low end, uh, what's really sad and totally sexless. Um, I mean, what isn't really sad and totally sexless? Uh, let's let's go with Schindler's List. Damn. And on the high end, what's really sad and has sex in it? Atonement. Atonement. Perfect. Perfect. Atonement. So where do you fall? Um, maybe not quite the masterpiece of atonement. Um, not enough green dresses. So it's about grief. Oh. (laughs) Once the movie where, is it called The Family Stone? Yeah! Yes, where Sarah Jessica Parker plays the new girlfriend of the family. Yeah, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving classic. Right, whose mother is Diane Weist, who's dying of breast cancer. Okay, I'm giving it The Family Stone. That's Because there's a little bit, but when Sarah Jessica Parker meets what's-his-name's younger brother, played by Luke Wilson, there's a little bit of a... Whoop, whoop. Yep. So, Family Stone. I'm going to go with adaptation. We're going to keep it with Nicolas Cage. Damn. Where um, it's very sad at the end. I guess this makes it a bad choice. Whatever, I'm sticking with it. Um, Where there's a lot of sadness, but also Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper make a dial tone. (laughs) Yeah. Which is great. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris Cooper in that movie is just... Fuck fish. So good. Yeah. Like, how do I want to have sex with that person? I don't know, but hot as fuck. Boy, he really did just nail it. Yeah. (laughs) Truly. Okay. Um... And then Nicolas Cage crying and singing happy together to Nicolas Cage at the end. Oh my God. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman, you fucking weirdo. Okay. Um, costumes. There were some good costumes there in this were. one. And we talked a little bit about like practicalities. What's going to happen when Colonial Williamsburg lands in Times Square? Yeah. Like- I, uh, the joke that I made during the crowd cast was it took me a really long time to screen print Metallica on this thing. <laughs> Clothes in the bum bag. Right, like, hold on, let me open my bum roll. I don't need these tampons anymore. I can get them at the, which is too bad. It took me hours to make these, hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I made this Metallica t-shirt just for you, Roger. Put it on quick, quick, quick. <laughs> Hurry up before someone sees. Um, I really liked Lord John Gray's costume. Oh, yeah, the velvet jacket with the, with the uh, like, velvet studded vest. Also... Jamie's tri-corner hat in the goodbye okra coke scene. It was blue. Did you notice it? It was kind of like a, not quite navy. I really thought that was pretty. And I don't remember having seen that before. I'm sure I have. It was pretty. But maybe it's just the light of that shot. Or because he was standing next to Gray Roger. Because Roger's in head to toe gray. I want to salute Jamie's season seven wig. There have been a lot of people that are like, where's the red? And I'm like, dude, he's getting older. Yeah. So it is going to kind of fade out a little bit, right? Yeah. Isn't that what happens to a lot of redheads is that they age and it just kind of blondes yeah. out? Yeah. Well, and it's still red back here. Mm-hmm. It's like when the light it's, hits it. It's a way better wig. Yes. Very convincing. Yes. Um, Bree's wig is also pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked Claire's robe, which we see oh, yeah. a, like three times. Was that like Stitch Witch? Like it was very, it was knit, Beautiful. right? Can you imagine how long it took to make something like that yeah. if it was knitted? 
It was, well, it was certainly embroidered, mm-hmm. um, but it has huge caftan vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really liked that a lot. I liked it, both Claire and Bree's costumes as we talk about this a lot. They, because they come from the future, they understand that the clothes that women were wearing back then were maybe not as um, practical. Mm-hmm. And so while faking it, but while making it look like it, they tend to have details that are very practical. Yeah. And so I enjoy that Pockets. about both their costumes. Yes. Yeah. And Belt. And with like a modern lines sometimes, mm-hmm. like Breeze, really no frills. And it looks like denim almost. Yeah. That beautiful blue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So no scale. We'll just talk about the costumes. Um, overall, it was fine. I, it wasn't as bad as I was afraid it was going to be based on the scuttlebutt. But, dude, that first 10 minutes really was a dark... It was just really a drag. I'm just glad we got it out of our systems at the top of the episode because I think there's a lot to celebrate in this episode. Yeah. Um, uh, Fucking Lord John Gray and Jamie. That scene was really, really good. A lot of the acting Mm -hmm. throughout, just really excellent. And that... And, you know, Sophie Skelton... Some of it is just the writing for Brie hasn't always been great, but also she was so focused on her accent early on that mm-hmm. I think it, it affected her performance. She was great in this episode. Although she, she does say well. anything at anything. one point. Um, but she is really solid. Um, Richard Rankin has the least to do of the main four, but, but he good. does a nice job. Uh, Katrina is great. Sam is great. David Barry is great. Mm-hmm. Um the little bit that Ian gets to do, pretty great. So really this episode, other than the first 10 minutes that sucked and blew so hard, was mostly hot piss. Yes. So yes. that's Which is good wild because it was also a lot of plot. It's just yes. they got through all of the plot by focusing on the hot piss. Which they were like, is this good. happens and here's all the emotional buildup. This happens and here's all And the- then occasionally here's a voiceover because we just have to yeah. speed through time. Yes. Which, fine. Ugh, not our favorite, but whatever. But let's Who let's cares? move along. It's really the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Which I'm still pissed about. Yeah. But, frankly, the scene between Jamie and Lord John Gray is enough. That is some Tony Graffia shit. Yeah, that was a really, That's really like, good scene. Well written, well directed, well acted, everything. Yeah. Aces. So, good job, fellas. It's- one of the things I love about TV as, um, as a storytelling medium is that you have the opportunity to have characters that have, can have this history that you can live with for a really long time. In a movie, you can say people have known each other for 20 years, and sometimes you feel that. But more often than not, you don't really. Um, people have been aged up. There's a lot of way more time jumps, right? Yeah. Um, you, you have to be told a lot more. Here it's like, you know. Even when they don't see each other, they're writing to each other, they're sending gifts back and forth, there's always this context that hangs there, and it's one of the most significant relationships in either of their lives. Yeah. Um, maybe, minus his kid and his brother, maybe the most significant relationship in Lord John's life, mm-hmm. and like solidly top ten for Jamie, which sounds like faint praise. Top but, five. But... Well, he's got his sister and his brother-in-law, who is his best friend. And Myrta. And Myrta. And Claire. And Claire. And his parents. Yep. All right. And then there's also his uncles, right? Like, real complicated relationship. I guess. With his uncles. But this dude's raising his son for him. I know. Oh, it's... That's why I'm saying top Top ten isn't faint praise. It might be top five, but it's definitely top ten. And Jamie knows 900 million people. You're right. And he's only killed 700 million. (laughs) Yes. He's only killed 700 million. (laughs) Um, So, so that was... So, overall, 
pretty good episode. Not my favorite, not my least favorite. We're moving along. We see that the future is coming back. We're going to see some shit there in the preview. Yeah. So I understand it's placeholding, but the scene between Jamie and Lord John made it worth it to me. Yes. So positive. Yeah. I feel that way about pretty much all of the hot piss in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And we get that murder ending. And you know what? We get to open it up with Ian just stone cold killing a bitch and everybody being like, this is fine. Yeah. And we end <laughs> with a guy who really sucks definitely dying in a fireball. Yeah. Gotta Which, be. too bad for the big house, but like, thank God that guy's gone. That long hair of his definitely caught fire. Oh yeah. Well, anybody, any of the guys, yeah. because, because the surgery is set up kind of as a, like a, a, extension on the house so it's the one room like the porch or whatever it's like a toaster oven yeah the guys in there toast (laughs) the people in the living room maybe gonna make it well we obviously know that claire and jamie make it Uh, i wonder if claire's hair is gonna burn off and she's gonna be like come on you know what fuck it i just (laughs) i just grew this back (laughs) all right y'all all All Um, right next week episode three next week we get the uh, the best day for the glaziers of North Carolina. Oh my God. They all wake up and a bell starts ringing and they're like, sir, what day is this? (laughs) (laughs) It's the day that Francis, the big house on Francis Bridge burned down, sir. We're going to need 20,000 more windows. Get to the painery. (laughs) I don't even know what it's called. Uh, bye. Bye. Julie. Yeah. You know what you know what that just was? An amazing piece of content. It was so good. Do you ever think about how con- content and content content mm. content? Are you Deep content thought. with our content? Are we content with our content? I always always you know, we have monetized our friendship for you. You had better be fucking content. Fucking tune in, bitches. I can't wait till Outlander is done and I never see Julie again. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) All right, hit him with all the stuff. All right, here's my spiel now. You can find us on Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast on Instagram at PodlanderCast. You can find all our shit there. You can also find us at PodlanderPresents.com where you can find all sorts of information about all of our shows. There are so many. Like I had to send somebody a link to it today and I went and looked at it and I'm like, damn, we talked too much. That's true. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this incredibly amazing content right now. Just look down. Where are you? Are you on a radio, your phone, whatever? Leave a review. We want to thank all of you for listening, but we especially want to thank our patrons. You can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast, where you can support the show, join the Slack, get early episode access, and all of our bonus content. Thanks to all of our patrons. You fucking rule. But especially thanks to the following beautiful people. Oh, some new names. Ready? Mm. Dean Newell, Rachel Ravel, <laughs> Allison King, Doc JWS, I saw Goody Proctor with the Devil, Sydney Taylor, Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Nack, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Camp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Kaylin Reddick, Jen Collins, Tina Burnett, Nicole Rodriguez, and Chrissy, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen, Strickled Fury. <laughs>
host Liz and Tinkerbell, Terry Welch, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smazza, Jerry Hertel, Amy Gusterson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Bukowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kathy Bonneman, Kelly Bodden, God damn, Amanda Newton, and of course, Kiki the Wise. Our artwork is by Laura Barrios, aka Viv Pickles. Our social media and various other immensely important tasks is by Amelia Bazell, aka Ellen uh, Luce. The incredibly bad covers are all by her, too. Oh, so. yes, also. The glorious Thank covers you. are all her. Um, mm -hmm. Episodes are edited by Julie Starbird and produced by Julie Starbird and Alison Shoemaker. That is us. Um, and we do other shit, too. Because we don't have employees, folks. It's, it's no. us and Amelia. <laughs> I guess Amelia kind of counts, but not really. Yeah. So, so the point is, if you're a patron, thank you, because otherwise we would be overworked and broke, as opposed to <laughs> overworked and just a little bit broke. Um, yeah. yeah. So th we thank you for not making us bankrupt ourselves for Outlander content slash Karen Perry content slash crimey content slash Austinian content slash Bridgertonian content. We will be back next week with another fine episode of whatever the fuck you just listened to. Bye. Bye. Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Jesus Christ! It'll be fine. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. Really big monster? Zero irony. We're surrounded by cavemen. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million BC. Where are we? Space. Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.